Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. No, not bad. We hit what else we did. Go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, you guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. I've spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Shut up! Was that a coffee discussion? We well, yeah, we were. T oh, yeah. I uh, we were talking about um, the, how all of us have chugged caffeine um, in order to, to be able to do this at nine o'clock because I'm apparently old. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have gone the extra mile. Not only I, I didn't want to do coffee, I wanted to go to the like root Meth. caffeine, and so I actually. <laughs> went to chocolate fudge because it, uh, chocolate apparently was like the original source of caffeine. So I thought, you know, Allie's mamma's chocolate fudge would be the right thing to do. So absolutely. I hope all of you all are jealous as I eat. I, I, I can think of very few situations where mamma's chocolate fudge is the incorrect thing <laughs> to do. What happened to Mamaw's ashes? <laughs> Mamaw's chocolate fudge? <laughs> no! I have there it, it is. That's what I want to have. I want <laughs> to be cremated, and then I want somebody to take my ashes and smuggle them into, like, where they make the Nesquik powder, and then nobody's <laughs> looking. Just... Mommy, it doesn't matter if you get caught afterwards. Duck they duck can't duck. do anything about it. <laughs> what do they get? Whereas I just want to be lovingly turned into a diamond and put it in my will that my children have to use my ashes as a wedding ring. <laughs> like, cool. oh, that ring is beautiful. Where did you get it? It's it's grandma. From my dad. Like, oh, you got it from your, gra your grandma? No, no, no. It is grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for this to be the intro. <laughs> you better walk in and be like, "Did we miss something?" Like, speaking of Christmas, yeah. <laughs> well, how have you guys been? It's been a hot minute since we were all on the yeah. Skype call. I I feel like Skype has become the uh, the like, Yahoo of video conferencing well uh, the yahoo of video conference but as far as like referring to it as a term like kleenex is a brand but if you yeah. tell somebody to hand you a kleenex and you have equate you're not going to go oh no 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 they wanted kleenex you're going to hand them the clay or like go yeah. throw this in the dumpster like dumpster's yeah. a brand but you're not going to go out there what? and be like is it really? Mm. Is it really? Wait, wait, wait. Dumps, dumpster is a brand. Yes. I don't I, believe I thought you. that was just the trademark of 2020. <laughs> dumpster fire. <laughs> it's a <Yeah>. dumpster fire. <laughs> Please go throw this Sorry, in the dumpster. That's trademarked. Uh, actually, <laughs> generic trash receptacle fire 2020. Yeah. The CEO of Dumpster has orchestrated all of 2020 so we can use that term over and over again. <laughs> Allie and I have been watching a lot of Hulu, but because uh, we because 2020 has been 2020, we downgraded our Hulu to the with ads. So oh no! Mm -hmm. No, no, and it's okay. 
we've seen some very fun commercials. One of which <laughs> I use uh, you, Hulu, so yes. Oh no! <laughs> uh, oh god! Uh, no, one of which is uh, directed by Ryan Reynolds, and it's a Match.com commercial. I've where seen it. Satan, Satan, and the year 2020 <laughs> is personified as a woman with like skunk style hair and <laughs> they go on a date and they're the perfect match satan and uh 2020 and it's a, just a beautiful beautiful commercial i am i am 100 percent behind all of ryan reynolds marketing endeavors like speaking of ryan reynolds i recently switched my phone plan to mint mobile Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Are we sponsored yet, Cody? Keep it to ourselves. Let's get AT&T's money up in here. Yeah. Kleenex, well, dumpsters. <laughs> so I sent this. So I sent this in the chat. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I've been listening to the Reply All podcast a lot recently. Yeah. And there is a Toyota Venza commercial. And the announcer lady is like, brought to you by the 2021 Toyota Venza. Say you're a Toyota Venza driver who's passionate about technology. And every time it comes on, (laughs) full volume, I just yell, I'm a Toyota Venza driver. I'm passionate (laughs) about technology. Like alone in his car. He's not saying it to anybody or to impress anyone. (laughs) The last time I, I had Hulu, uh, there was I was watching through Smallville, and ten seasons of Smallville, and I got to about season four before I upgraded to the ad-free version of of Hulu because it was that same freaking Apple Watch commercial that was coming out with the series four. I nearly went Android in that moment because I saw that <laughs> Apple commercial so many times. Uh, wall. I, I mean, Alex, I saw you fist pump the air. He said nearly. Nearly, nearly. Yeah. It, um, has, it really has happened. Like, I, I'm, I'm okay with commercials. I find that there has to be diversity in those commercials. Uh, yes. Online advertising is, it's that's the same three commercials on uh, Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like at the very least, have you know, say what you will about traditional television, but at least they have variety in their commercials. Unfortunately, the other one we've been seeing a lot of is not safe for a podcast uh, because it's a, you know, for a while the commercial was, is it not working in the bedroom, gentlemen? Now it's, does it, does it slope? Is it curved? The exact words are If your erection is off Because of a bend with a bump That pains you Please see a urology specialist today (laughs) I think that's probably the perfect segue To introduce the um, The feminine touch That's on the (laughs) podcast today (laughs) Hey Allie Hello, everybody. This is Alex. <laughs> oh, Cody. Now. Uh, but no, we are uh, actually joined by Alex's lovely bride, Allie. Uh, this, a, a, for a bit of a context, uh, this is a bit of a redo, a 2.0 of a conversation that we had a couple months back. 
Um, I tried to go back and trim nip and tuck uh, in order to make it a full episode, but there was no clear beginning or end, which in in and of itself has its merits. Um, But given the season, I wanted to revisit the conversation. Uh, We had talked about Christmas. It was kind of a loose, open-ended conversation, but we got into some... um, some fun like stories from uh, our our childhood, some dramatic stories from our childhood, and waxed a little bit philosophical there as well. And I, we had to have everybody back, um, especially given the season, to to talk about that again. Kind of continues the little sub conversation that we had in the community episode. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abed's uncontrollable Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Which I watched recently, and I cried for 20 minutes. I saw that. I saw that message. In honor of the Christmas season, it's time for some Christmas stories. Well, I want to to do just a... I don't feel like we need to introduce the the Y chromosomes currently on the podcast. But, um, Allie, why don't you tell us a little little bit about yourself? (laughs) I am Allie. I'm a nurse at Duke Hospital in Durham. Um, I am Alex's wife, as previously mentioned. I know Cody through Alex and William now you through Cody and Dallas (laughs) now you through William. So (laughs) one step at a time, we'll get there. We all know each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. I love Christmas. We have very specific Christmas traditions that we quote unquote always do. And so I'm excited to just talk about a little bit of everything. Well, first of all, I want to, given the current, uh, call it geopolitical, uh, public health safety climate of the world, uh, it's definitely affecting traditions in that mm-hmm. regard. Um, Cody and I do come from a, a household where traditions were upheld, and if they were not, like catastrophic things happened. Well, let, let's be real. They were upheld by me. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was it was almost like like a, a pox on your house if they didn't, it, based off your perception. And then the moment that we did deviate it from it was a. Uh... So every year, I can tell you, we would always see a movie on December twenty third. That was like one of our big traditions that we would go to every year. Okay, now now. The reason why mom and dad actually got married on December 23rd. Mm-hmm. And Aww. for years, all, all when they, we would ask them, what do you want for anniversary? All they would say is we want to spend the day together. They didn't want any sort of um, like present. They didn't want, uh, it, they just wanted to spend the day together. And we, this tradition was kind of born where we would go eat at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> we would go see a movie. We would go drive through the Southern Lights. We would come home. We would bake cookies. We would watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because reasons. Uh, and then Dad would read the Christmas story, and then we would go to bed. And I was so bought into that tr- tradition every year that I could tell you straight up every movie that we've seen going back to 1997. <laughs> yeah. And... back. Huh? Yeah, I mean, there was a like a year where I just kind of sat down and was like, okay, let, let me see if I can remember each of these movies. And as I saw like the new releases that were coming out in like November and December of those years, I'm like, oh yeah, we saw that movie. We saw that movie. We saw that movie. And 2008, 
we decided to break tradition. Oh no. And so we're in, we're in Northern Kentucky. Our hometown has the Noah's Ark Park, park for, for what it's worth. Contra- <laughs> the Ark Park. The Ark Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what it's worth. The Creation Museum has a Christmas display and Christmas exhibits every year. And they do a special Christmas thing. And mom was like, let's just do something different and go see and go to the uh, Creation Museum, you know, displays and exhibits. And we went. It was miserable and cold outside. Now, granted, it, it was December, miserable and cold. Cold is par for the course. And as we were coming home, we got lost, trapped in an ice storm. Oh, for no. Five hours. Yeah, it was, it was normally a 40-minute drive, and it took us five hours to get home. Um, we were at the Creation Museum, and it was... Now, granted, I've never lived through a... A, a war where, I mean, outside of 9-11, where we were attacked, where it was like, you know, something like devastating is happening in a city, but like the level of like whispered fervor inside the Creation Museum and these like panic stricken look on people's faces, like we were just like glancing, we're like, what on earth is happening? And they said, well, the interstate's at a standstill, people are shutting down, cars are running off the road, like, ambulances can't get to them because the ambulances are running off the road and we leave and we get to the interstate and the like on the interstate there are cars that have crashed into the median there are cars that have run off the road their cars are fishtailing on the interstate and it it kind of felt like when the aliens had started to attack in war of the worlds and you were like, no, there's one vaporizing people up there. Let's go the back way. <laughs> and so we, we go. in Kentucky, everyone knows the back way. So how did that work? Exactly. <laughs> we didn't have GPS at this point. So dad was pulling like, um, like atlases of Kentucky <laughs> out. And we were looking at the Gosh. different roads under flashlights and we were going about five miles an hour and even going on flat roads and even going that speed, the back of the truck was fishtailing. Like Ooh. people ahead of us were running off the road into ditch. Like there were people on the side of the road, like mothers holding children, like sobbing on the side of the road. It, it was like something from a disaster movie. And Merry Christmas. This is a great episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we get started down a hill and there's probably about a 12 to 15 foot drop off on the other side of this guardrail of this hill. And as we're going down the hill, the entire truck just starts spinning perpendicular to the road and then spins around backward. And yeah, dad manages to get back up the hill that we just drove and we park in this driveway and like you can see the film of ice getting thicker and thicker and thicker on the truck as we're sitting there. And it's it's like we left the Creation Museum at like five and it's already 830 and we've only made it like five miles down the road. And yeah, so let's, let's just say in 2009, I plopped into a Lexington theater and watching Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, uh, A Christmas Carol, and I was like, "This is right. This is natural. <laughs> this is normal. Everything is right with the universe." <laughs> it did feel like we kind of like slid sideways into a parallel dimension a yeah. little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, so side note, Kristen and I, we've been watching uh, this reality TV show that we we both really enjoy. And uh, we're re-watching it because it's, it's like a creative process thing. We like to watch people make stuff. And um, they were eliminating one of the contestants. And I leaned over and I said, wouldn't it be funny if because we knew who won and he was in the bottom during this round is like, wouldn't it be funny if he went home and you and I had slid into a parallel dimension. And literally the only thing different between our dimension is this one is whoever won this obscure season of this random reality TV show. And she just kind of looked at me like, I, I don't. Yeah. The one, what? like you, instead of throwing up the, the like normal six sided dice, somebody tossed up like the 120, <laughs> largest possible size <laughs> dice and you yes. get the one variation of the universe where in the great british bake-off it's not <laughs> noel fielding who's the judge it's actually noel gallagher from the band i'm like Whoa. that's the only difference I, she she does give me the look sometimes of like i just where does your brain how why 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 did you go there i but yeah, that that okay. night it did it. We deviated from tradition, and it felt like we had slid. Well, it felt or, we, or we maybe were just in the advanced to, timeline. We were yeah. in the darkest timeline in yeah. that, that day. Like, yep. but thankfully, when we we re reset the universe, whenever we restored <laughs> tradition to two thousand nine, and I'm like, okay, this is right. Yeah. Now, we were last... family alone by watching a movie reset the universe. Thank goodness. That's yes, where it was <laughs> or, yes. or. Did you all, by going to the Creation Museum one year, set us on and deviate the entire universe, uh, universe towards 2020? Oh, great. Oh, great. We, we created 2020, William. This is one that, year that, breaking that tradition. Was, that was the butterfly we stepped on in the past, and we're in the hurricane. <laughs> you have to watch all 24 hours of a Christmas story. <laughs> This coming season to set it all back. And unfortunately, this year there are no movie theaters. So, right. but there there was that one live action musical version of The Grinch that no one asked for. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Again, are we surprised at this point? No. no. <laughs> in twenty twenty, this is twenty twenty. Just in general, is just going to be like, y'all, what happened? Like in 2050, all of our children are going to be like, well, what happened? Why do you all flinch when you hear that phrase? Well, son, back in the day, we were scared <laughs> of masks. So I, on, on, a, on my personal life, I just finished my second semester teaching at Northern Kentucky University. So I just finished today and we celebrated. Mm -hmm. And we celebrated by going to mm -hmm. the Southern Lights. Me and my girlfriend went to go, went to go see the Southern Lights. And because of COVID, unfortunately, it was just the lights. Yeah. So um, for those of you who are not native to Kentucky listening, the Southern, the, in Lexington, outside of Lexington, there's the Kentucky Horse Park, which is this state-owned and operated equestrian cornucopia of all things horse. And that was a really weird way to describe it. <laughs> I, a, a weird, but um, a cornucopia of horse. <laughs> Dig in. And every year, 
And it's sort of like the thing to do in central Kentucky is that they have some of the best Christmas lights displays. And it's called. No, I would, I would agree. Yeah. They have things like Star Wars, Disney characters, the entire 12 days of Christmas. It would end and you would go to the International Museum of the Horse, which is a lot more fun than it actually sounds. The name is not very the International Museum of <laughs> the Horse. Which one is it? Well, it, it was so back in 2010, Kentucky actually hosted the Equestrian Games which is sort of like the qualifying events for the Olympics and all horse-related Olympic events. So we sort of had like a mini Olympics there. And so there's like stadiums and fields and stuff that were built specifically for that event. So they made it the International Museum of the Horse to celebrate the world since during that year. Since the the world world was coming. Lucky. Yeah. And, you know, they had like these plazas, kettle corn, just... Santa, these trains exhibits. It was a it was a great thing. This year, unfortunately, because of COVID, it is only the lights this year. Yeah. Which are in themselves great, but it it's only half of the experience. I'm just disappointed that the cornucopia of horse was just not as full as it could have been. <laughs> I mean, there was like probably 2,000 cars there when we were there. Well, yeah, like, it's, but- it's, it's, it's an it's an activity that uh, complies with social distancing. social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we're all in our cars. Yeah. Or and on horses. <laughs> True. Actually only the, and I learned this this year is that the Kentucky horse park has their own police department. What? I Yeah. Yeah. I saw cops on horses with like a badge of the Kentucky horse park say the official Kentucky Horse Park Police Department. Is that is that akin to like the official police department of the St. Matthews Mall? Or like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, or is it more akin to we actually have police powers? I, where is it that? Is a, the Kentucky Horse Park is owned by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So I think it's more official than the say the St. Matthews Mall, but it's like somewhere, it's like in between the St. Matthews Mall and like actual policing. So yeah, they're yeah. like, they're they're like police, state basically. troopers almost. They're like college police, basically. That's exactly what I said. When you started, when he started saying the official police of da da, I said Liberty University under my breath, but no one can hear me. I was over there. <laughs> uh, LU Police Department. Oh. The, the most I ever interacted with them was whenever I left my ID at home and couldn't get, left my ID in the law school and couldn't get my bag. I had to call the police department. The Liberty. So what I, I have I would, learned, though, is that the Murphy brothers, well, or maybe more um, the parents are at fault here for 2020 from yes. breaking tradition one year. Is that, yes. am I correct in my understanding? Mom and dad, I mean, ulti- to defend myself. <laughs> defend Ultimately, himself. Cody agreed. No, I didn't. I I actually heard you. I agree. was always outvoted in these things. Like I can't, I'm the second child in a family of firstborns, so <laughs> I just had that, to do that's what true. I was told. That's true. <laughs> well, I think it's it. So yes, 2020 has thrown a kink in tradition, um, and uh, Alex and Allie, like you will experience this maybe, like whenever that time comes, but. 
when when was the last time Cody that we actually did everything on the 23rd I would say like 2017 I I would too and that's because of our addition yeah. to the family and her nap schedule and sleep schedule it <laughs> things just just change and you roll with it but yeah. non-adherence to tradition for that reason I was completely on board with yeah and I was okay. I was okay with that too, because at the end of the day, it's like ritualistic adherence to tradition versus, hey, cute baby that's smarter than all of us combined. You are not wrong. Um, <laughs> so this was, uh, I'm going to, I, I texted this to Kristen. This was a summary of my day with her on Thursday. She, <laughs> she found uh, the rosin for, uh, Kristen's cello bow and she was walking through the house lick she opened it and she was walking through the house licking it and can, she can, can you explain the you implications do. of said actions because uh, is rosin is rosin food is that safe no okay it, i didn't know if it was a natural product or not no i so we're we're entering in the stage i last week was the first time since we brought her home that i called poison control <sighs> yeah i and uh, from talking with other parents they're like i can't believe you made it till almost three <laughs> but she uh i've turned my back for 30 seconds we and normally the the laundry room we have the childproof knobs on the doors to get in there and I had come through the one end of the hallway and I hadn't completely pulled it shut. And she comes, <laughs> she comes walking back out with her hands held up going, ugh, ugh, ugh. I'm like, what are, what are you reacting to not tasting well? She's like, I, I's helping you. I'm like, mm-hmm. what were you helping me do? Wash clothes. So I go barreling into the laundry <laughs> no. room and she's emptied the rest of the bottle of bleach into the uh, washing machine. No, 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 no. Yeah. And she had it like on her hands and thought, Oh, this is the best thing to do for this is going to be to just lick it. Well, I <sighs> read the back of the bottle and said, if ingested, like drink a cup of water. Um, and I called poison control and the lady on the phone actually chuckled when I told her what <laughs> happened. And she was like, let me guess, is she too, <laughs> yes she's like they're fast little boogers aren't they like, you're like my child could potentially be dying yes how do i fix this i it, it whenever like I'm, i could no longer feel my pulse like in my forehead and i was able to like think clearly she probably just poured it in there and in her efforts to put the lid back on got some on her hands and that's where she licked it so there wasn't a large ingestion and she was fine um, but yeah, I called poison control and then she walks out of the back room with Kristen's rosin licking it and she, oh, daddy, and licks it again. Oh, daddy, then licks it again. I'm like, stop licking it. And <laughs> she, she has this little snow globe that a friend of ours brought back from, um, the beach. Well, she thought it'd be a great idea to put it inside of an oven mitt and walk down the hallway, slinging the oven mitt back and forth, hitting the wall with it. <laughs> and then, um, she, um, hmm. Uh, what's up? I came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Well, there's one more. <laughs> no and I'm trying to. Oven mitt. I'm trying to think of a kosher way to to say this. Uh, 
she, I, I'm happily married, and there are uh, accessories to augment a marriage uh, inside of our bed, bedside table uh, that she opened and then um, proceeded to try and um, put on her leg. <laughs> and I, I walk in there and of course I instantly like I'm probably blanch completely white and I said Genevieve what are you doing she's like daddy I found your slimy sock <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, it's like oh um uh, mm, okay uh <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> hey you want to go take a bath uh, do you want to? You know, you, you want to use the rest of that bleach? I, well. This is not where I expected this conversation to go. To. That's not where I expected my Thursday to go. Okay. <laughs> oh, and now they will forever be called <laughs> slimy socks. That. Slimy well, socks. my my wife's first reaction to it was, "I wonder how she learned the word slimy." That's your, that's your, anyway, Kristen apparently told her mother this story and her mother thought it was hilarious. I have not told my mother the story. I, I, hey, I'm, I'm very, uh, unaware. What's a slimy sock? Uh, uh, okay, anyways, uh, Dallas. Well, Allie, you have to explain that one to me later. (laughs) Google is a powerful tool, my Uh. friend. So, if I ever thought that after a child came that you could still adhere to tradition, I just, like, I used to be on time to things. Uh, we, we, I've given up on that one a long time ago, and that was pre-puppy. Oh, yeah, you've got, <laughs> you've got a new addition that... Uh, it sounds like might even be a little bit needier than mine right now, but um, probably has less um, self-harm tendencies. <laughs> self-harm, maybe. Uh, how much does yours try to bite your ears? Or face, or well, she doesn't bite my ear, but the other day she come barreling out of her room laughing, and I'm like, oh, this is fun. We're having a fun day. Runs up and just bites my leg. And then runs away. And I said, no, ma'am, you stop right now. (laughs) Sit in your chair. But it was. It was so funny. You probably didn't know how to parent in that She does several of those things. Like she was standing halfway across her living room. We have a long living room. And she had this really like hard, really dense ball. I don't even remember where it came from. But she just hauled off and chucked it. And it clocked me right between the eyes and i was so impressed with her aim that i forgot to like do the you know you don't throw things and we introduced her so genevieve calls cody coco um we introduced her to hot coco the other day like we made coco and told her that it was hot coco well her little caring loving just enormously generous heart like you could see the little tear forming in her eye, and she said, "Oh no! Why? Why? Why is Coco hot? Does he need an ice cube?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> and my heart just melted when I heard that story. <laughs> right. But so we've had some practice of like just having to roll with it. Uh-huh. And and I'm going to be honest, pandemic, uh, Kristen and I are very much homebodies. Like given the option, if nobody is expecting us to do anything, we stay home just because we're, we're both introverted in that regards. And uh, it's, it's a chore to be extroverted. Uh, whenever they were like, Oh, sorry, you can't go anywhere. You got to stay home. We were like, Oh, darn. So we're like, we're in like not much of our routine changed. Uh, we still had to go to work because we're essential workers. Going through the holidays has been rough. Like this was the first Thanksgiving that we did not like, uh, mom and dad came to our house and then Ron and Judy came the day later. We did not see our grandparents. And that was, uh, I don't know if this is bad to say or not, but that is the first time that I'm like, oh, this is not, this is real, but this, this is just different and this is odd. And, and I like, I lapsed up on my tradition Nazism that I held whenever I was, you know, during the 2008, 2009, I still think 2008 was the the rip in the fabric of the universe. Yep. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. actually for a lot of reasons, 2008 was a rip in the fabric of the universe. But when I was at Liberty, I never went home for Thanksgiving. No. And so I didn't go home for Thanksgiving because I was always studying. And so it was sort of like, I was just happy to be home for Christmas. And I was just happy to be there with the family. And it was sort of like, okay, here's what I'm you know, going to do now. And here's what we're going to do now. And I just kind of roll, learn to roll with it. Yeah. I, I do kind of hope we resume the traditional December 23rd with a much larger crew now. You know, now that Genevieve is starting to get older, at least I hope that movie theaters still exist five years from now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope well, I want to ask Alex and Allie, like uh, you can do separate, like from your childhoods and then how you've integrated that as you've been um, got married. Are there any, like, and Ali, you alluded to this when we first started, like, you've got some Christmas traditions that you try to do every year. Uh, Have you been able to do them under the current settings? Have you had to, like, adjust and adapt? Um, Like, what do you guys do every year? So, my family is huge. Um, I have 17 cousins on my dad's side. Whoa! Yeah. He has five brothers and sisters. Four brothers, one sister. And usually... Every year for Thanksgiving, we host, at least for the past several years, I would say going on six or seven years at this point, we would host everyone. So usually there were 30 to 40 people in my house. And that's, and by everyone, I mean spouses and children of any cousin. If you're seriously wow. dating the cousin or engaged, they can come. So it was a lot of people. Um, and this year, of course, we did not do that and actually two of my cousins had covid during thanksgiving oh Um, no have they are they okay like recovered or okay yes yeah everything's fine um they were both young uh, relatively healthy females they just you know they were pretty miserable for a couple couple days to a week i think and then everything was fine but of course you know they not necessarily that they would have even been able to come anyway, but of course, if you have a positive test two days before, you can't 
really expect to go no, anywhere. No, no. Um, so yeah, we normally we have everybody and this year we definitely didn't. And then normally we go to Kentucky for Thanksgiving. I don't know if you all know this. I know Cody knows, but my mom and dad were both born and raised in Kentucky and in Louisville. And my um, mom was there, you know, the whole time. My dad moved away and moved back and then moved to college and then moved back for my mom. So he kind of had a um, continuous relationship with Louisville for, Louisville for a long time. But usually we go up and see all of the family up there in Louisville for Christmas. And I don't think we're going to be able to do that this year either. Yeah. So, yeah. Alex, um, knowing you, you know, you're native of Louisville. You've you're from Kentucky and you moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, in like in lieu of your marriage, how has things changed for you? You've had one Christmas already in the pre, in the before times. Yeah. In the before times. So, you know, I think for me, our Christmas traditions were always very, um, standard family kind of things where it was like let's decorate the tree let's make cookies on christmas morning my mom would make uh cinnamon rolls and bacon and eggs and you know that was very um that was about it in terms of tradition and as i got older my dad got kind of weird about christmas traditions and so we modified things he got weird about them in the sense of um, he, he was trying to find a biblical reason for, it's like, all right, if we're celebrating Jesus, why are we, why are we putting up a tree? Why are we doing any of this? And so he got very weird about it. And so our traditions kind of like simplified. Um, and so a tradition that my parents started when I was young is we got, um, I think they're called the proclamation ornaments and they're ornaments that are one half prophecy that foretells Christ's coming and then the fulfillment. And it leads all the way up to his uh, resurrection. And it's 25, you're, you're able to do them as an advent, you know, 25 days worth yeah, of them yeah. and put them on in the tree. But generally what we do is we will put them on, pull out our, our Bible and, you know, read through the scripture together as we hang the ornaments. So that was something that was a nice little, like, why, why do we do what we do? But then as I moved away, that's obviously, you know, where things start changing. And there was one Christmas that I, I don't think I made it home in college. It was just a weird, like, everything was, my parents were going to be out of town. My sister was somewhere and it was like all right this is the beginning of the transition so for several years before i met Allie, i knew things were changing um and then when we met it was all right well how do we make our you know traditions mingle kind of going back to what william asked is you know like how do we combine these things? Which last year for Thanksgiving, our answer was, well, Alex's parents and sister will just come to my house with all 30 of my family members. And that'll be great. <laughs> oh, and they'll just mesh perfectly. <laughs> I guess for people who, who don't know who would be listening, my parents decided that, um, you know, Kentucky is 
people have a large dispute over whether we're the South, whether we're the Midwest, whether we're technically the and North. And that includes the climate. That is right. true. So my parents uh, said, well, you know how Kentucky is famous, world famous for its harsh winters, uh, which it's not. Uh, we need to move to Florida immediately. And so that's what they did. Uh, so they moved to Florida away from all family. And um, that made like traditions much more difficult. So I think it was the year before I met Allie, my parents said, we're going to go to Florida for Ever. Uh, not the year before I met Allie. Correction. The year before uh, we started dating. Um, and we're going to go to Florida for a family vacation for Christmas. And I was not on board because like Christmas, I think if, uh, if anyone's listened to the state of Kentucky podcast that you guys did, um, the, the idea that William presents about like, I need seasons in my life that, that, um, you know, segmentation of the year is healthy i'm very much in that same camp and so the idea that it was like let's leave in the middle of winter and go to a place where it's 90 degrees and sit in a pool drinking you know uh virgin um mai tais and uh listen to Malikiliki Maka is Hawaii and I was like no it's not Christmas it's not how you do Christmas that's that's why I think it must be so weird for like Australian Christmas because probably because it's like the marketing says snow the weather says fiery furnace of hell (laughs) there is there is a corona commercial at one point but it's always yeah, cracked me up where it's, uh, and I know it's Corona because it's stuck with me. Uh, and it's hilarious that this is the year to bring it up, but it's this guy and you, you see his house from a distance and it's, you know, it's Christmas. You can hear Christmas music playing and the sun is setting and it's getting dark. And there's a palm tree over his little beach hut as the lights go down. You can hear a, a switch flip or get plugged in. And his palm tree lights up with Christmas lights. And, and I've always thought that that was humorous because it's like, how do you market like Christmas in, in Tropic? Um, really? None of you know this commercial? Oh, no, like no, I, I know. Yeah, yeah I know okay, exactly okay. what you're talking about. Yeah. I think it took me 85% of you talking to realize you met Corona the beer and not. <laughs> 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 they, they were marketing coronavirus so much. <laughs> and it just really stuck with me. <laughs> I didn't know we needed that. I thought all the ma- major I news. Doing pretty well. All the major news stations had it pretty uh, <laughs> locked down, pun intended. I, I got a feeling a virus that called Corona. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I this actually we noticed this before it started trending on Twitter. My wife and I also really like watching Project Runway. It's it's basically we're fascinated with watching anything that involves the creation of anything. Like I don't care what it is. We just finished uh, Blown Away, the glass blowing competition that was on Netflix, which was super cool. But there was a designer, I kid you not, in 2018, 
His name was COVID, K-O-V-I-D, and he's the only designer in the history of the show to ever send an outfit down the runway with a matching mask. What? Now, that's the person who, in the timeline, created 2020. (laughs) I was about to blame my, I was about to blame my parents for our uh, Orlando vacation at Christmas, but you know, I'll blame COVID with the mask on Project. <laughs> right. uh, let's let's take the blame off of the Murphy parents and the Christian parents. And, uh, well, I want to get to the the McKinney parents. Um, I have been. Uh, there were several times in college that I'd been to Dallas's house around the Christmas time, uh, and can <laughs> completely attest that, like October first, roughly, his mom's Christmas decorations go up. So. Uh, other than uh, yeah, and and they stayed up for quite a while, didn't oh, they? Yeah, until it's warm again. <laughs> <laughs> so I, but I, I've never in the you know the decade plus that I've known you, I've never like talked to you about like if you had traditions around Christmas. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> ish. It's more like as long as it falls within the the Christmas season. It's kind of free game. So, so from like, uh, like he said, February 1st to December 31st, like, is that the Christmas season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a month window where we like unplug it, reset the power bill, and then all the <laughs> get plugged back in. <laughs> Does she um, leave the lights actually yeah, my, like installed year round though? Oh, no. Like they disappear somehow, and I don't know where they go. <laughs> <laughs> because like you just wake up one day and, and William seen it like Christmas just explodes. Yeah. Uh, in the house. Like, so, stick her hand out yeah. and, and the Christmas like All of a sudden there's furniture her. missing. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's like Palpatine's lightning but Christmas lights shooting out of her hands. <laughs> but uh she I don't I don't know where it comes from but like all of a sudden like you wake up and like there's like, a couch missing <laughs> and just Christmas decorations where that was. I, I don't know where like there's snow in the house all the time <laughs> in July. I'm assuming it's like butterflakes. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it looks like snow. Um, no, my, my, my mom thoroughly enjoys decorating for Christmas. And so that was always like a big part of it. And so um, we lived on a farm. So we were very kind of family centric as Eastern Kentucky goes. And yeah. um so, so naturally, when it got cold outside, you stopped doing as much farm stuff. So that was kind of Christmas. Kind of became the time to uh, be more around family. So we were all lots of baking going on. I remember meeting. Uh, you know, we would always go every weekend to an aunt's house to make candy or cookies or or something. Also, basketball became you know, it's a thing during this time. So that also got melded into uh, all of the uh, Christmas movies on all the time. Uh, we were big, uh, you know, TV folks. So, you know, all of the Christmas shows all the time on, on TV uh, was a huge, huge part of Christmas. Santa was always a gigantic part of, of Christmas. Santa came every year. And I, for whatever reason, I never questioned it. I was like, of course there's a Santa. Well, I don't understand why there wouldn't be. And so oh I just went goodness. straight with it. There was no questions asked. Uh, they're like, this came from Santa. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, sure. 
he brought it in <laughs> like uh, for whatever reason that made sense in my head so uh so saying it was but it always, he always came uh the eve of christmas eve like it never in my head like i never questioned the fact that we did this on december 24th oh, we came. uh we wrote a letter um mom and dad wrote a letter to santa saying we've got to go to my grandmother's on christmas day can you come a day early and it and, made oh it, when i learned the concept of time zones it was sort of like oh of course it makes sense santa only has to do half the world <laughs> <laughs> i never even I, I i guess whenever christmas break started i didn't even know what day it was until we went back to school so i was just now yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I have, have no, no concept of time I've, ever, I've looked, so that that hasn't changed. So Dallas, do you still believe in Santa Claus? Is that what you're telling us right now, or Santa is definitely That's exactly what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, I, do, okay. Just, I just watched Christmas Chronicles sure two. This is this is a this yeah. is a great segue. Did all of you uh, have? Does Santa visit all of your houses? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Of course. Okay. Santa doesn't. Oh, I was a good boy. Santa visits the good boys and girls. <laughs> true, true. I, there, there is no arguing with that. I, yeah, I don't I'm just know what gonna, you're talking about. I, well, I'm just going to like peel the curtains back on my neuroses. So just <laughs> like <laughs> Cody's like taking notes. Um, so I, I came to my own conclusion, not saying that this is what is actually true that santa claus was not real at the age of four uh because i i'm trying to think of how to describe this i'm basically like i was basically like a tiny vulcan child like logic will out <laughs> like i i was very deductive in my reasoning and i could figure things out just by analyzing and looking at them when when the heroes series was out cody like legitimately compared me to siler the guy who would like cut people's brains open and look at their brains to figure out how their powers work and steal their powers um but i figured that out because um uh santa had mom's handwriting uh, and again, very analytical child, I put two and two together and like, was like, oh, I guess that this is, this is the case. The, the issue for me is I started to make inferences based off of other characters that I was told were real and systematically one by one, they were not. Um, and cause like Tooth Fairy, mm, nope, gone. Uh, Easter Bunny, nope gone wait Santa, wait wait Sa the easter bunny's not real <sighs> i dude this is news to me i will i will personally pay for you to have some therapy for that regard but i'm i hate Thank to you. okay uh and then santa and uh, santa sounded a lot like god and i had to go through the like I went through a, a deconstruction and reconstruction at my faith um, before I hit middle school, which I, I apparently is not normal. Um, so I had, and I'm not, I, again, I want to reiterate <laughs> this. The experience with Santa Claus as a child was magical. Like the Christmas time was magical. I do not fault my parents in the slightest for deciding to do it. Again, I'm peeling back the curtains on my own neuroses. 
acknowledging that they are neuroses and acknowledging that this is all stuff that I have to deal with. But I had a real like, uh, come to Jesus moment feels too on the nose here. Um, but I had a real, uh, like, I, I guess identity crisis and how I was going to handle it with, uh, like I have a two year old who was soon to be a three year old and she, uh, is very aware of the world and uh, like magical things and, the other day I, we asked her what she wanted to be for her birthday. And she said that she wanted to be a queen. And I said, a queen, are you sure you don't want to be a princess? And she said, no, daddy, a queen. Now let's go to my bedroom and eat diamonds to get our magic. Like she is full blown into the like imagination fantasies. And like, I want to foster that part of her. And we've had to like, really discuss how we were going to handle that if we were going to handle oh, and good grief if you mentioned to somebody that you're debating on not doing santa claus you might as well have just like denounced the faith and wearing your wearing atheist across your shirt out in public <laughs> the the reaction is visceral but um, you were planning to not lie to your child clearly you're the bad parent here <laughs> so uh, we've kind of settled on how we're going to handle it but I, I realized Santa wasn't real. And I realized that it was a, uh, we'll call it a non-truth to continue telling me that it was real. But I just decided that for Cody's sake, that not only was I going to completely buy into, uh, like, buy into doing things for him, I was going to throw a couple kinks in the work just to make everybody... <laughs> It's like sit and question like wait what what just happened there may i go, go ahead okay so i had the complete opposite reaction but for kind of equally cynical reasons of with santa claus have any of you all ever heard of pascal's wager yes absolutely yeah. louis pascal the uh uh, the French philosopher that, you know, basically deduced, if I believe in God and he's real, then I'm going to heaven. If I don't believe in God, then I'm just dead in the ground. If, if, if I do, if he's not real, then I'm just dead in the ground. If I don't believe in God, then I'm going to the other place if he's real. And if I don't believe in God, then it's a, it's a flip of the coin as to where your eternal destiny lies if God is real or God is not. Without realizing it, I participated in Kringle's wager. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a friend just last night coin that term, and I'm taking it. That's hilarious. And, and no and credit was given. <laughs> <laughs> and where basically I was like, if I believe in this guy, he gives me gifts. If I don't believe in this guy, he doesn't give me gifts. So obviously I want to keep the gifts rolling. So I'm going to keep <laughs> believing in this guy. <laughs> it just seemed the logical thing to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And, you know, just because, you know, I like gifts. I like presents. You know, maybe it's that. Crass. It's a business decision. It's absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was older than most kids and still believed still believed in santa and william wanting to kind of keep the christmas magic alive one year was like i wake up one uh, christmas morning and there's this red felt bag in the middle of the living room floor 
and I open this red felt bag and there's a poem. Essentially the poem, I still have the bag, but I only have one of the sheets of the poem. I lost one of the sheets. I'm surprised you still have it. Oh, wow. Okay. I kept it. I kept it forever. Like I kept it. And (laughs) there was just, and, and in the poem, it basically was a scavenger hunt all throughout the house where there were like gift cards hidden to like various locations. And they were like $5 gift card to gold star chili, $5 gift card to Walmart, $5 gift card to various Grant County retail outlets. So about three places. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so throughout the house, there was like five different gift cards and then it, it culminated in with this bag of books that was given to us. These, These were two separate years. I disagree with you on that, but regardless. <laughs> no, because I tried to follow it. No, no, no. And because Caroline Powell in my AP biology class in the 10th grade uh, wrote the labels for the books. Okay. And it was my my girlfriend in high school, Christian's mother, that wrote out the poem. Okay. And okay. so I didn't even know who Christian was at that point. So they were two separate. But, but either way, um, yeah, so- the the first year that I did it, I bought books for every member of our family and I went and bought a wrapping paper that I knew that we didn't have in the house. And I had a, uh, a friend who was good with her letters, write out the name tags on these and wrapped them all, had a velvet drawstring bag and dropped them in the middle of the floor. And I, the reaction from mom and dad that morning because I, I got up in the middle of the night and made sure everybody was asleep and snuck in and just dropped it in the middle of the floor. And to see them like nervously glancing at each other, asking under their breath, did you do this? Did you, did you, I, and then they look over at me and I said, if I'm ever going to manifest this acting career, now is the day. And they said, did, did, you, did you do this? I'm like, no. And then they started looking at each other again. It was, uh, that was the best Christmas gift for me. I told that you year. we shouldn't have given your brother a key to the house. <laughs> and random stuff like this. And so William never told me that he did this until law school. Like he didn't tell me that he did this until law school. And there was that part of me that did not want to know because I wanted to be able to look at my, ch- look at my children with the twinkle in my eye and it be completely genuine. Like this I've happened. robbed him of the twinkle. <laughs> <laughs> you twinkle thief. <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't want to know. And I like, I had enough about me where I was like, you know what? There's probably a rational explanation to it. <laughs> like that same year, one of the Santa presents, I saw mom's name on the shipping label. So I was like, well, you know, there, there's that. Um, <laughs> there <they are. laughs> So, so I had the magic ruined kind of unceremoniously. And this is part of where I'm like, all right, I really want it when, if and when we do Santa, it will be from like a historical kind of standpoint of like, there used to be a real St. Nick. Oh, you're such a a good guy, you know? my mo- historic loss that's what we're going to call him <laughs> historic other round children we're not going to read fairy <laughs> tales we're going to read history books uh, come here i can you know um but i've rubbed but, off on you in all the wrong ways uh, <laughs> 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 not steal it 
She'll steal your twinkle faster than Will. It just sounds wrong. <laughs> I've been asking for somebody to steal your twinkle for a long time, little man. <laughs> that worked at a prison, so. <laughs> Am I going to have to put a disclaimer in the show notes? Uh, are we going to get flagged as explicit? I don't know. We already heard about uh, Williams. The slimy socks and slimy stealing socks. your twinkle. And... Yeah, that's true. This is like a step down. We're kind of like, we're like adult humor for like adults who have really bad senses of humor. So it's like, dads. oh, that's so dads. dirty. We're a dad yeah. joke. I'm a dad. Hey, hey you're an honorary. I'm, we're inducting you into the Here's the circle of dads. Oh, man. Okay, historical oh, clause. No. Yeah, so historic clause is probably how we'll do it. But my parents, um, for so many years, it was the cookies got eaten, and there would be like a beard hair on the on the plate, and it Ew. was a miracle. Oh, we had oh. video evidence. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. It was weird. It was weird <laughs> stuff that my parents found out. Like again, someone would do calligraphy. My mom didn't do calligraphy, or at least she didn't show us when she did calligraphy. I knew my mom's handwriting. She was a secret I got calligrapher. Older. As I got older, like it was like, oh look, here's a a word document that's pulled up on the family computer. Oh, I was so busy, I had to type this out, and I guess that was as my parents realized that I knew mom's handwriting, and I knew dad's handwriting. So, but then I went to school, and kids who were older than me, of course, started talking about Santa Claus being someone other than the real person that he definitely is for our young listeners um and i got very <laughs> I, we don't have listeners <laughs> we don't even have listeners let's be real. Okay. oh but, hey uh, hey <laughs> somebody has listened, listened to, you know what somebody really has listened to this podcast in the united kingdom so hey easy we at least have it was not it was not my remote vpn software pinging a server in the united kingdom it definitely was not a remote vpn server pinging the united oh never the queen learned about my make america great britain again campaign and was just all on board (laughs) i do believe that that's the podcast i want in the castle is she Miss Piggy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's why she has never died. She's just a giant felt creature. She's not actually a reptilian shapeshifter. <laughs> oh, seriously though, like Christmas, like uh Christmas. That's what we're talking about. No, Santa. Yeah, was- Christmas, Christmas. Santa was ripped away from me. And so like, I I went to my mom. So my, my sister had uh, dance lessons and I was at least like, I had, I guess I had said something that I shouldn't have uh, with my sister around. My mom was like, we'll talk when she goes inside. And I was like, I just, I just want to know. And she's like, buddy, we ever like, you know, we wouldn't lie to you. Right. I was like, 
We right. have been lying to you all these years. We've been lying to you all these years. And I was like, <laughs> you lied to me. So it was this very traumatic experience for me at the age of 14 at Mount <laughs> Whereas to this day, mom and dad have never explicitly admitted that Santa isn't real. No, oh, okay. my, so my, my mom was basically of the mindset that, listen, if you're going to trust us and believe us, then yeah, when it comes time, you're gonna have to learn. But here's where the story gets almost disappointing. I didn't put two and two together. I didn't realize that if Santa isn't real, that also me, all the dominoes didn't fall. The, the dominoes were lined up and somehow the Santa domino fell horizontally. <laughs> The opposite way like it felt perpendicular and tooth fairy uh easter bunny they were still gold and whereas, oh, well whereas here's very like okay with easter bunny and tooth fairy not real because they didn't bring the loot right they only bring a dollar or they bring a basket santa <laughs> brings some serious like he brings it Mr. Bunny is like, you want some Cadbury cream eggs? And I'm like, no, I don't. No one likes those. Uh, I do. Apparently, our Easter Bunny did uh, until our Easter Bunny learned. Yeah. (laughs) But I lost a tooth. And I had recently learned a fun little magic trick with a dollar bill that if you fold creases at the eye lines of George... If you tilt it in certain directions, it makes oh, him yeah. smile or frown. Yeah. Right. Everyone yeah. learned that at some point. Yeah. Well, I had been showing everybody that trick. Well, I had left it in a pocket. It went through the wash. And oh, no. Yeah. My mom found a dollar bill. I lost a tooth. The found dollar bill went under my pillow. Hmm. That's my dollar. So I very... <laughs> You know, I miss like, uh, you know, freaking uh, detective inspector gadget here. I walk down to the laundry room where my mom is like actively, uh, you know, putting a load into the, the dryer and head down. And I go, hey. And I hold up the dollar and she like turns around and I'm like, and you say, I want the truth. And she goes, <laughs> yeah. you can't handle <laughs> the, truth. the truth. There was a lot of F-bombs flying. My mom screaming at me like Jack Nicholson. Was... <laughs> Ever actually um, seen that movie, by the way? Oh, Cody. Cody. <laughs> anyway, I was like, hey, I know you're the tooth fairy. She was like, Yeah. You didn't figure that out like eight months ago? She said that to me. And I was like, well, then. I always loved your mother. And and you know what? It was. She immediately cashed out your college fund. (laughs) Well, there's no hope there. I guess my parents just were, you know, so kind about the whole situation that it was like, listen, you can't ruin the secret for other people. And I guess. I fell into a form of like delusion where it's like, okay, I can't ruin the secret for other people. Therefore, I believe it all over again or something. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> and my parents were the, ex- were the exact same way again. 
just my n neuroses. How older right? are you, William, than Cody? Four, four years. Four years. Okay, so I'm only a year and a half older than my sister. And so a lot of the things that happened for us happened at like the same time. Like yeah. we both kind of rode a boat, rode a, <laughs> learned how to ride a bike, rode a boat. <laughs> I, I, I dig it, I dig it. That's my favorite it. city in Virginia. <laughs> Right about <laughs> right outside Lynchburg. Stuff like that. We would do milestones, quote unquote, at the same general time, um, which is extremely infuriating if you're an older sibling. But um, yeah. Oh, imagine being the younger sibling and all of your graduations line up with your brother. No, you said that before. That makes me feel so sad. I want to have a graduation party for you, like right now. <laughs> you, know, you, you graduated. Uh, and here's a hundred dollars, Cody. Um, here's a freshly ironed five. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it, it was not only was I the firstborn, I was the first grandchild to mom's parents, and I was the first great grandchild to mom's dad's parents. And so, like, I it was, was the golden like, child. Yeah. You were rotten. For, for better or worse, yes. But yeah, I graduated high school. Everybody loses their minds. Cody graduates mm -hmm. it. I'm graduating. Oh, no, eighth grade. They lose their minds. Cody graduates eighth grade. I'm graduating high school. High school, college, college, med school. Uh, he graduates from law school whenever Child. I graduate from residency. And no, he, he said frequently and periodically that um, if Kristen goes into labor at his law school graduation, he's done. He's done. <laughs> over. I don't know what he was quitting, but he was just done. Um, so you all, a year and a half. Yeah, my wife is a year and a half younger than her older sister, and so, but and but they're yet she has a younger sister who is six or seven years younger. Oh There's wow! Pretty big, like age gap right. there. Um, but I feel like once we got to a certain point, I don't know if you felt this, Cody, but. Maybe when you got to be about three or four, you like fully formed sentences in an imagination and you could like walk unaided and you could wipe your own butt. Like then we started doing a lot of like- That's impressive, things. Cody. No, I, I mean, that one happened beforehand, but you, you know, you know what I mean. But um, so once we hit a certain point, um, I feel like we got to do a lot of stuff together, but did you all find out at the same time about uh, old Saint Nick. The thing is that I don't ever remember when I found out that Santa wasn't real. I don't, I don't, I, Santa was real one day and that was cool with me and then Santa was not real the next day and that was cool with me too. Like I didn't really, I don't know if I just didn't care that much. Yeah. All I knew is I was still getting presents and that's what mattered I guess. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Whereas I was the class realist and like I contorted my whole, whole world view in order to get loot. In order to get it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I got a question. Um, yeah. how, this is, this is the first year that I've had to like really come to terms with how I'm going to do Santa. I know Alex, you, you mentioned if and when, have you all discussed this? Like what you're going to do in that regard? Dallas, what do you do with Maylee? Cause Maylee's, she turned seven in May, doesn't Whoa. she? Yeah. Um, yeah, she's turned so seven in May. How have you handled Santa? Uh, how, uh, uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you my, where I have settled on how I'm going to do Santa. Um, and then uh, we'll just go around and address that. All right. 
Dallas. Awkward. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, I, it was just, a pregnant uh, no, sorry. pause. Ooh, That's uh, what that was. Yeah. Yes. And Allie has an announcement to make. What? What? <laughs> it's a pregnant pause. What? What? Anyways, oh. Dallas. <laughs> Dallas, quick, oh. quick, before Allie can make an announcement. I don't want that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll wrap this up for you, everybody. So, uh, uh, Dallas, we, go. We just decided. <laughs> uh, we decided to to do the the Santa thing. Like he's real. He's. I mean, we believe in. She believes in. We like. I. Maybe who knows? Believe in you. <laughs> you are like a male. TV um, you know, like everything else is real. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what. That's who my spirit animal is, but uh, I believe she believes in unicorns and magic and and all that. And so Santa throw another log on the pile. Santa's real. Um, she writes to Santa. Writes a letter. She's terrified of Santa in person. Uh, she loves Santa with her with everything, but she's super weird about anybody dressed up as a thing like, that isn't us. So like. Uh, we went to the mall one year around Easter, and like so, so there's somebody dressed up like the Easter Bunny. And those are just terrifying. To begin with, yes, very those uncomfortable. Are just terrifying. Yeah, because yeah. it's like yeah. giant mascot head that just kind of stares at you. I, I always so she's like, I'm like, just a she's minor. Like, I, I don't want to be in this building. Just a minor side note: we have never taken Genevieve to put her on Santa's lap to take the picture. Uh, I know several people that find it just absolutely hilarious that their child is on a stranger's lap screaming for a parent to rescue them. Uh, yeah. I don't find that hilarious. I, if she asks, which she thinks that Santa is Hagrid, but I mean, we'll, we'll get there uh, <laughs> here in a little bit, but um, no, Dallas, you said that Maylee is, she believes in unicorns and magic and everything. I actually read a study because that's apparently it's what I'm paid to do. Um, where <laughs> up until like the age of six or seven, um, kids cannot distinguish between like fantasy and reality. Like to them, it's all real. Uh, and so when Genevieve was like, daddy, let's go in my room and eat diamonds to get our magic. She thought that we were legitimate. And I said, yes, my queen. And so we, we ran in her yeah. room and we were Stang. grabbing diamonds out of the air and eating magic. I, and I love the notion of feeding that part of the creativity and the imagination. That's what yeah. I love about the season. That's what, that's what we do. Like I probably take things too far because like unprompted, I'll be like, Maylee, come here, come here. And then she'll come in. And I'm like, Oh, you just missed it. I saw a unicorn in the front yard and it just, it just left. It just ran down the road. <laughs> like me. she didn't prompt that. I, I did. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's not as healthy, but that's that's how I roll. So now, to be fair, I worked. I worked with fair. people in a past job where they would sometimes hallucinate, and the way I would help them cope with it is I would kind of just go along with it. And kind of be a part of their reality. So I had a guy who swore somebody was like crawling in his window and like pinching him and taking his thing and like stay up all night. The only way I found to, to calm him down was like, I would go outside and chase the man away and he would calm down and go to sleep. So, so for me, like 
I'm along for whatever ride you want to be on. I was chasing people <laughs> who weren't there years ago. So, so let's go. Unicorns in are my, real. That's fine. Uh, in my psychology nursing um, course in college, they teach us that is how you're supposed to behave. That's how you're supposed to handle it. Well, because I'm glad I did <laughs> that in my crapshoot of just picking a way of handling it and going that it was the correct. It's the oh, only no way I... that they will get the calm from their anxiety that they're feeling because to them it is real. Yeah. I had um, yeah. in residency, we did a couple rotations in the psych ward. Zar Hospital had a behavioral health floor that had all the necessary locks and was devoid of ink pens. And you know, it was um, looked like straight out of the seventies, but I went in to do a, an assessment on a lady who was up there. She's like, maybe in her sixties and the encounter went great. We talked about her life, her past, and she had some grandkids. And um, toward the end of it, she was like, Oh, doctor, before you go, can you, can you shut the window? And I'm like, glancing over there. I'm like, this is the floor where the windows don't open. And I said, you want me to, to shut the window? She's like, yeah, there's a bit of a draft. I'm like, uh, Oh, okay so i went over there with my back to it and she's like oh good and it, this will really help whenever those spiders crawl in here and they try to drag me to hell like, oh i'm i'm sure it will yeah well uh you uh have a have a nice day <laughs> oh gosh wow that is the last time we ever saw dallas's brother <laughs> like, no. looping back from spiders dragging somebody to hell um so you've you've decided to to do santa uh yeah uh, yeah now so it's the same <laughs> santa <laughs> or satan which one are we saying satine you're homeschooled you're so homeschooled uh, <laughs> um so okay uh double a how how are you guys going to hey that's uh, us the best battery around. Yeah. <laughs> Double A. I can't explain it sometimes. He just says things. Uh, William said it first. I, I did. I continued it to a point that no one else cared. And that's what he usually does. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Alex, I have rubbed off on you in all of the wrong ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also agree with the whole I don't love the mall Santa. Yeah. Situation. I think that so when I grew up, I don't know how Allie was presented it, and I'll let her answer too. Mall Santas were my parents said they were Santa's helpers. That they were very much not Santa. Yeah. Was it the same thing for yeah, you? Yeah, that's what mine. I thought we well. I don't remember us talking about it, but But I appreciate you giving me permission to also input some input. <laughs> Hugs, collar. He let me. He said he would let me. I'm just. Joking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, nice. Um, no, so it was like mall Santas were weird to me. It was just like yeah. these are men that I don't know. And so what's really funny is that one of my, I have a boss at my new job up in Canada, and we always joke with him that we don't know how like Canadian traditions are. His job is not in Canada. His boss is in Canada. <laughs> yes. Just to clarify. Yes. No. Yes. Uh, and so he said, all right, it, it, we're sitting there and we're just shooting messages back and forth. And 
He said, this is why you always, he and I talk family stuff. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's like, this is why you correct your kids when they're young. Uh, and he sends this picture. It's of his uh, three nieces, uh, his niece and two nephews. And they had a mall Santa. And it's the niece. And she's only like four or five. And she is giving Santa the double bird because she thinks she's telling him how many presents she wants. Oh. And I, we're just losing it. Like, and it's hilarious. So uh, we will definitely be teaching our child not to give Santa the double bird <laughs> when we pass, regardless of our feelings on him. I think, would you agree with that? Yeah. We only give him the single bird. <laughs> the a dead chicken. Oh, the partridge in the bird. Tree. The one partridge. Uh, oh my gosh. That's she's as bad same. as I am. She's as bad as I am, just in a different way. That's the single that when you when you get to the end of the twelve days of Christmas, that's how you sign it off. We had one single bird, in a pear tree. just one. Jeez, just the one. No, just the one. Sorry, I put the other one down. So I'm going to put this in the show notes. But at the Southern Lights, they have like a like a low power radio station that sort of like sets the mood for the entire area where you can like listen to Christmas. Careless whisper on repeat. <laughs> and there is a I, I have to find it but there is a 12 days of Christmas Toto's Africa mashup no what <laughs> also this needs to go in the show notes too right now Cody is gesticulating and making his points with a it looks like a screwdriver <laughs> of course I have, so William's I have, using a wand, and Allie and I are waving a puppy around. So this has been the, the night of visuals that is lost in this medium. Well, okay. So mine was a little bit of a foreshadowing because um, this is how this is what we've landed on with um, Santa Claus. Uh, there's and it's 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 going to be like a little bit of a hybrid of everything that we've heard so far. Um, when she, we feel like she is legitimately asking about the validity of a man coming down the chimney. There is, I, I don't think there's going to be any like waffling or like, well, what do you think? It's going to, the conversation is going to go, is there an actual man coming out of the fireplace that brings you presents? No, but this is why we do this and let her know of the historical figure that in the same way that we have days honoring historical people um, it, around Christmas time to honor that sacrifice that he did for the, the kids, we say that we give presents from Santa Claus as a way of honoring what he did. Um, we've also come up with some ideas of how we can try to like turn the barge like back from the commercialized Santa back to Jesus around Christmas time. Um, the presents that we give, we're going to segment them into different categories um, based off of the gifts that the Magi or the wise men brought to Jesus. Uh, so it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, currency. So that's going to be like, you get to take this money. It could just be cash. It might be a gift card to a store that she likes. And you get to take it and you get to go spend it. 
like that is your currency that represents the gold. Um, frankincense was a very practical thing. Like it was used in embalming. And so the frankincense gift essentially is going to be uh, something practical like clothes or shoes or something for school. But the one based off of myrrh is going to be like, that's the, the lavish like fragrance and perfume. Like that's going to be the extravagant thing. Um, we've also decided that um, the stuff that she gets from Santa Claus is going to be real basic. And the, the most of the time that we do it, we want it to look like things that have actually been made by elves in a workshop. Oh, um, and so it's either going to be like an Etsy purchase of like a handmade toy or something that we physically make ourselves. And everything else is going to come from mom and dad. Okay. Just because we've, we've had several, um, well, there's one person in particular, a social work friend that um, mm -hmm. every year she says she has at least, like she works in the school system, has at least five or six kids that are like, the kid next to them got an iPad for Christmas and they got like a pair of like $20 Walmart shoes. And they're like, why? From Santa. From Santa. Yep. And so the stuff that comes from Santa, bare bones basic. If there's anything lavish or extravagant, it's going to come from mom and dad. Good. Because um, also the way that we explain Santa uh, is the yeah. part that I'm most excited about and I think I've talked about this with uh, on our group chat before, but the the reason Santa is the way that he is is because he's a wizard. Just, just full stop. And if you think about it, it actually makes more sense than the current story of Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't come down a chimney. He comes out of the fireplace because he uses the, fl the flu network. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's how he's able to get to the different houses. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did not uh, didn't J.K. Rowling like shoehorn him into their history in like some uh, like extra material at some point? J.K. Rowling didn't. Um, there was a I think it was a Reddit thread okay. actually okay. where they they kind of like built out his backstory. Okay, but like houses, everybody's wondering like. What if you don't have a fireplace? How, how does he come in? And parents have to make up. All, he just apparates inside the house. And if it's too far to apparate, he doesn't fly a carriage that's being pulled by reindeer. This is just what people have glimpsed. in Thestrals. Well, not Thestrals. It's the winged horses that pull the Bogotan carriage. Oh. Right? How is he able to carry all the presents? He has the undetectable expansion charm put on his bag that Hermione put on her bag when she was able to carry a tent and all the changes of clothing and all their books, that's how he does it. How does he get around the world in one night? He has a time turner. And then, you know what you're also doing here that's really great? You're now when Santa is no longer a, a fantasy to, to Jenny, now it's gonna be an addition to a beloved story. Just like you can grow up reading to you know some other fairy tale and eventually you learn that well it's not it's not accurate but it was really fun to believe it was when you were little. Yeah. Like Simba and the Lion King was real when I was a kid. You know like that kind of thing yeah. like he was a real lion. Well no he's well, not. Well there that's a, a couple years are, Putting just, him in the context of like right. explaining Santa through a fictional franchise that we it is I mean I've, that is very beloved in our house 
not only like reinforces my desire to brainwash her to be a Harry Potter fan, but <laughs> it's it's also an easier transition. Like we're gonna have the little like the wink and the nod that you know we know how Santa does it is because he's a wizard, um, right? And there's there's an entire Reddit thread that like has his entire backstory. Like he was the biggest um, like uh, egregious against the statute of secrecy, so much so that they physically relocated him to the North Pole. Like That's he he doesn't funny. work with elves. He he has he employs house elves. And I, I mean, so it does work with house elves. Yes, he employs house elves, like like Dumbledore does. They are in, in his employment, um, but because of the nature, they're of not their stockings. Work, he's given his house elves socks. I'm telling you, it, it, it oh, it's it really fun. Fits. So yeah, that, that's that's how we're gonna do it. Now this could change. <sighs> But right now, on almost on a daily basis, Genevieve asks to go to Harry Potter's house. I saw your post. She's just so cute. Because and- we took her there when she was 14 months old. So naturally, she doesn't remember any of it. But we've, she likes watching videos of herself when she was a baby. And I, we said, we went, we went to Harry Potter's house. And she's like, I want to go to Harry Potter. I want to go when she doesn't have, she's really good about wearing a mask, but I want to go when she does not have to do that. And it's, it's a little hard. I don't know. Like trying to make these decisions, uh, especially in this climate has been difficult because Mm. especially making decisions around Christmas time, because from the sounds of it, most people are plowing forward with plans on getting together. And we have a a mutual friend who their family had insisted on continuing to have dinners. And she's now in quarantine because her aunt came and cooked for their 85 year old grandfather. And a day later was not feeling too good. And a day after that was positive for COVID. So like Mm. it's, I treat it. I don't treat it every day. I just treat it two days a week, but I I've already told like my family, like if I have a positive case inside of a 14 day window to Christmas and we are almost there, like, and we're in, it's 12 days now, um, 13 days till Christmas. Like if I have any positive cases, then I'm, I can't just because I can't justify that risk. Again, this is the adherence to tradition, but I, I want my family to, live to see the next christmas and Mm -hmm. sometimes i feel like a bit of a typhoid marlin or martin or whatever but like i could be transmitting this because i'm standing outside of cars handing them swabs and like that stuff gets aerosolized Mm -hmm. and what if this is the day that my mask has a little bit of a leak in it and it i the last time we all talked about this i know that like finding this goes back to the Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, like finding that magic in it as an adult uh, has been something I didn't think that I would have a difficult time with. Uh, it's definitely gotten a lot easier now that it's being filtered through the lens of like a child. And so it's, it's like all about her now. And that gives me so much joy. But the past couple of years, 
because of all of the obligations and all of the traveling, it was almost like you needed a vacation from Christmas after uh, Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I hated that. Like, uh, I, do, I do think it's, it, we do need to note here that um, Dallas is having some internet issues and he has dropped out of the chat. He's, he's not like playing Fortnite in the background, not listening to anything. He's, <laughs> he's actively trying to get back on, but. And like, I, I'm at a place where, you know, we've, we've talked about this before where I don't have kids. I'm not married yet. Um, but in like the last few Christmas is where I really kind of had to come into my own as, as an adult and figure out, you know, I had a kind of a few rough Christmases in my, tw a few rough Christmases in my twenties, especially when most of December is dominated by finals week of law school. Mm. And it was just fine. I'm trying in sort of like little ways to refine that magic, rekindle that magic to, to varying degrees, to varying degrees of success. Like I watched community for the first time this year. And like I said before, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas has now become a staple Christmas special for me now. I mm. love it. I it's, love it. <laughs> Because it really does define what it means, what Christmas means as an adult. Mm. And yep. trying to kind of define what that magic is. I've been reading a lot of Advent books lately. Um, I have like a, several Advent devotionals that have been really good. Uh, one from Christianity Today and like two from this like Catholic publisher. And you know, when you kind of tap into the, sort of that older legacy of Christmas, yeah, because I really do feel like Christmas, as we understand it, is a very, for all the talk of tradition, a very new phenomenon in the grand yeah. theme of history. And so hyper-commercialized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, think of it like Charlie Brown's Christmas was talking about this in 1965. Like, the idea that Christmas was overly commercialized in 1965. Mm -hmm. Can they just just imagine what it would look like today if they remade a Charlie Brown's Christmas. I feel like um, you, you hit the nail on the head there that uh, tradition is, is definitely something valuable. Mm -hmm. um, I think that tradition can point us in the direction of why we, uh, we, we can never forget why we do what we do. Uh, I think the why is, uh, really just as important as the what. And, and Allie and I have talked about this really at length because traditions without the heart behind them are, are meaningless. Um, it's just something that you do. And so right now, something that we want to do together is make sure that, you know, for us, make sure that our, our actions line up with our beliefs in, in all of those aspects, whether it's raising a family, whether it's um, practicing our faith um, with the people that we meet and the people that we interact with on a daily basis. What does that look like? And so for Christmas in particular, uh, it's a holiday, uh, a holy day. Mm -hmm. And so obviously traditions that surround holidays are very different than the ones that surround um other aspects of our lives and 
when we allow um, ourselves to just fall into the trappings, whether it's in 1965, 1865, or 65 AD, um, I think that forgetting why you're doing what you're doing and just going through motions can really put a damper on um, not only your mental health, but your spiritual health, your physical health, because they're all interconnected. Yeah. And it's like, so like for me, I've kind of taken an aversion to the shallower side of Christmas music. Mm. Like, you know, last Christmas, Wham's last Christmas, you could replace Christmas with Tuesday and it has the same effect. (laughs) <laughs> last tuesday i gave you my heart you, know, you are not funny. wrong <laughs> you're not wrong and it's still a bop but uh whether it it's the best christmas song yeah it's not a christmas song you could replace it with easter tuesday memorial day like why <laughs> not roll off the tongue as well but <laughs> i guess technically you could do it and it's like you know I made this I made this joke and I got like I made this joke on Facebook that the only like Christmas music is best done when it's in an orchestra be it jazz 100 piece or trans-siberian and you know it like the stuff like Mariah Carey you know I want a hippopotamus for Christmas I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus like that sort of rocking around the Christmas tree it's like that sort of stuff, I, I've really kind of like, kind of taken a step away from it. Maybe it's because, you know, I don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. Yeah. And it's the Santa side yeah. of Christmas that just doesn't quite appeal to me. But like stuff, our culture is always changing and is always, you know, evolving. That one thing I do appreciate about Christmas is that it roots it in sort of like an older it brings things to the forefront that otherwise wouldn't be to the forefront 11 months out of the year. Like how many, I, I am on a mission to bring back the word hark in our vernacular. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? I, of all of your uh, crazy things that you want to spearhead in today's society, I feel like that's one that you could actually achieve. <laughs> Like there's things that you're talking about that I go, no, Cody, that'll never happen. <laughs> oh, you want to bring back Hark? Okay. All right, yeah, you could do that. that that's oh, your streets ahead. Your streets yeah. ahead on that one. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, I do. I get where you're coming from. The the Christmas music that gets me in the Christmas mood is the the Jesus nativity centric mm. Christmas music, mm-hmm. um, and I've we've been really listening to. Like pentatonic Christmas music yeah. is the soundtrack of our life for like two months toward the end of the year. Uh, Carol of the Bells is like you know a, just a jamming song. That, that of the, <laughs> right? Of the secular Christmas music, Carol of the Bells is where I'm where where I. That's because the first word is hark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Hark had uh, bells and he's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets me going. Hit me with that hark. You know, we've we've all complained about the kind of perilous state of like contemporary Christian music. 
But I think what one time where contemporary Christian music is actually good is Christmas. Yeah, yeah. No. Reliant K's Christmas album is... If you're going to try and tell me that Reliant K is technically CCM, you are on something else. They made the Christmas album when they were <laughs> technically CCM. All that being said, Santa Claus is thumbing to town is one of my favorites. <laughs> Like his uh, everything's on fire and, and nothing's working, and just this idea <laughs> that Santa's on the side of the street, like trying to hitchhike into town to get his job done, is it just cracks me up. Da- it's like- so Dallas just messaged, um, just to give an update on our uh, our favorite resident criminology professor. Uh, he just sent this picture of a cute little puppy, like reaching out that says, "Go on without me." So I doubt he's going to join us for the rest of the episode. That's okay. He will be missed. Was he even real? Like, they're just. You know, my mom always told me I'd meet a a man with a big beard named Dallas, and uh, that they didn't. They would never lie to me. And so Santa might not be real, but I believe in Dallas. (laughs) I believe in Dallas. Dallas is in that category of people where I'm just kind of, there's a part of me that's convinced that he is just a manifestation of a collective delusion. Like there's no way he's actually real. Yeah. You will never, you you will never need to meet another one. Like you will not. There was a guy in law school who was a Mormon Marine who you know, went to law school and now lives in Nome, Alaska. And I'm still not quite sure if he was real or we just all like law school stress just created. He's like, he's like Peeves, the poltergeist. He's just a manifestation of the frenetic energy in the room that gains a corporeal form. And then is never heard from again. Exactly. Exactly. Which doesn't make any sense because it got way more chaotic. Like books, like, Three through seven. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, the final salute, Fred and George, uh, like, give him his marching orders to make uh, Dolores Umbridge's life uh, unpleasant. And the only time that he ever took orders from anybody, he snaps to salute <laughs> to Fred and George. And that was their send-off as they, they leave the castle. I it's gonna I'm gonna bring up Harry Potter every single episode that we do. Our episode on the Mandalorian started with a lecture on wand lore. Wand lore. Yeah, I've been digging a little further into that, but we'll 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 save that for the after show. <laughs> but uh, I I do think that this year is gonna focus a lot it's gonna cause a lot of people to focus on I don't want to say the reason for the season because I feel like that's a really overused like phrase, but in the absence of travel and the rampant experiential commercialism, like you do have to like make terms with your own misgivings because you have, you're alone or you're with your like nuclear family. And like, this is, this is it. If Because going to see, your extended family at Christmas time is perilous. And I don't know that we'll ever see a time like that again in history. It's just a weird time to be in, but I, I can tell you one thing. We were normally the family that would put our 
Christmas tree up after Thanksgiving, like November 5th, it was, it was up. Because yeah. it was just me cranking the, like, but like playing Pop Goes the Weasel with my middle finger to 2020 saying, like, I'm starting now. Partridge in a pear tree, baby. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, I was, I was perching the partridge in the pear tree to 2020. <laughs> this year, like, we have used this time. We've been working with, and I, I, this does come back to, to Christmas. We sing happy birthday to Jesus every morning with Genevieve. We've had the same single birthday candle that we have lit and blown out every morning. <laughs> we got her. It, it has reinforced it in me. It's like the, to teach us to learn. It's reinforced it in me to s- reinforce it for the first time for her. Mm. Yes, we have a Harry Potter Lego advent calendar and does it just absolutely melt my heart that whenever I go in to get her in the morning, she goes, Daddy, can we open a Harry Potter Lego now? I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. But I, she asked to sing Happy Birthday to Jesus just as much as she asked to open the, the Harry Potter Legos. And that has, that's made the whole, we've just stayed in and snuggled and played. And I... I know that this isn't the case for everybody, but I feel like I'm coming out of 2020 better than I went in. Mm. And I, I, I feel very fortunate to be able to say that. I, I, I actually can say the same because, you know, up until, so I, I've had in my professional career kind of had troubles kind of early on, just trying kind of figuring out what my niche is. And at the time 2020 started, I was unemployed. And I was trying to do my own legal work, my own legal thing, and and also teach at Northern. But I was only teaching one class. So yeah. that doesn't you know do enough to pay the bills. And it just, like, it kind of felt like, you know, I was... And then the pandemic hit and everything slowed down, but also I was still very, I was still busy, but not making like any money. And it's sort of like my life was very much running in place. And I'm just very thankful that back in July, part of the reason why we haven't recorded as many episodes as we would have liked is that I got a new job back in July. Mm -hmm. And I found out this week that in my performance evaluation, that I'm going to be able to keep this job for the coming year. And just today I paid off my car that has been hovering over my head for a year. I literally just dropped my entire paycheck that I got on Friday on it because I was just like, you know what? I'll I'll pull $200 in savings and survive the next two weeks. It's just like, I want this out. I want this out. I want this done. I normally, we would, sign out the show by saying, Hey, go follow us here. Hey, support us on Patreon here. But given that it's Christmas, I just, I want to encourage people to go find a small business and support them. Uh, your favorite restaurant is struggling right now. Go do carry out, wait in the ridiculously long line to buy food from them. Um, and just, the the family that you can safely hug 
hug a little tighter this year and yeah. just keep in touch with the, the people that you love. We're going to get through this. And we, we may look completely different as we come out on the other end, yeah. but um, I, I'm optimistic about the future. And if there's anything that has, uh, that having a kid has forced me to do is to be nauseatingly, unrelentingly optimistic about the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to, because yeah. like it's, it's the future that she's going to have to live with. And why would I wish anything else or want anything else? So, um, well, that being said, I, I think we're going to head out of here. Uh, Allie, it has been fantastic having you join us. Thank you. Uh, I think the thing that has, it's kept us a little bit on the rails, uh, having <laughs> like a, a like, uh, it, it's been a lot of testosterone leading up into this. So this has been, this has been a, a nice little change of pace, but <laughs> Alex, once again, uh, it's been great. Uh, I'm going to, on behalf of Dallas, um, and Cody, we're going to, um, sign off and say Merry Christmas guys. And we'll see you in 2021. Merry Christmas to all. And to all a bah humbug. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to do that? Uh, when was the last Christmas? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. I'm going to go. See you. All right. See you guys. Merry Christmas. Okay. Thank <laughs> you.